Hello there. We're Vincent Elliott McNally. Yes, the great-great-grandsons of map-making mogul, Rand McNally. We've recently released our family's first almanac in over 50 years, and now we're setting out on a new journey. Using Rand's old travel journal as our guide, we're visiting his 20 all-time favorite towns. We'll be counting down the greats as given by our great-great-grandfather and want you, the listener, to come along for the ride. In a show we call These Parts, a podcast putting towns on the map. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of These Parts. I'm Vince McNally, and with me, my friend, my brother, my traveling companion, as he always is, except for that one time every, I don't know, 20 or 30 episodes, it seems, Elliot McNally. Hey, how's it going, Vince? I don't know about you, but I'm super excited for this town, especially because it means that we are a quarter of the way through Rand's all-time top 20 favorite towns. You're right, Elliot. We are counting down. Our great-great-grandfather Rand's favorite towns Mm -hmm. by working our way through his travel journal. We're on number 15 this week, and it's an interesting one. It's It's one, I think, that's appropriate for the times. You know, a lot of people would say that we're not a quarter of the way through, that we have three quarters to go. But you and I and Rand, we look out for the little guy, don't we? Yes, of course, Elliot. As we discussed last week, before Rand, the only maps in production were the Mercator projections. And that's exactly what they were. They were projections. They were, you know, maybe there's a coast here. Maybe there's a line here. I don't know. I'm just going to draw something. But what Rand did was different. He went out, he explored, and he made maps. He said, you know what? I see a tree right there. I'm going to draw it. And by the time he charted his one millionth tree in a two-mile radius, he decided to reevaluate his map-making process. But the point is, is that he was doing something different than what culture suggested was right. He was doing something that was going to subvert the norm. Elliot, you took a circuitous route, but you did get there in the end. I agree wholeheartedly. Just like Rand did. And that circuitous route has led us, Vince, to a town that I think we should put on the map. So listeners, go ahead and hoist or foist your medallion holding Rand McNally Comprehensive U.S. Wall Slot Map, which is... Is that what we're going with? I think we should still be workshopping that name. Yeah, it's a it's approximately six syllables too long still. Yeah. Uh, I don't <laughs> as know... As long as you foist it. I would prefer the <laughs> listeners foist it instead of hoist it. Once you do... Go ahead and find a medallion at home. Uh, you likely don't have those. We've been sold out since the first batch was sold out. Uh, any sockage away a dollar will do. In a pinch, yes. Um, but for us, I'd love to have an important guest, truly given the nature of the town, a fundamentally vital guest, uh, a citizen of the town, and to us, a guest on the show. Could you introduce yourself? Uh, yes, my name is Luella Hawkins Chepoella. Luella Hawkins Chepoella. Let's contextualize that for our listeners. You, correct me if I'm wrong, are the great-great-granddaughter of Sadie Hawkins. That is correct. The first ever girl to ask a boy to a dance. Is that correct? Correct. And that boy was our great-great-grandfather, Rand McNally. Ah, <laughs> so you see it all coming together, listeners. Uh, we are, of course, not to bury the lead, in Hawkins, Tennessee a town named after this trailblazing visionary girl. And Luella Hawkins Chapwella, could you go ahead and slot this medallion into the map for us? Oh, I'd be happy to. Thank you. We are also using a Sacagawea dollar today just because I couldn't find our medallions. I misplaced them. I think it might have 
had something to do with that group of hitchhikers we picked up. The <laughs> copper wiring from the interior of the RV has also been stripped out. We don't need it. I would prefer to stay here for as long as we can, Vince. I'm very excited to be in this town. Luella, can you tell us a little about it? Because, of course, it's named after your great-great-grandmother, first person ever to ask a boy to a dance, being a female. Now it's a champion of cultural subversions of all kinds. That's correct. The town is approximately a population of, oh, about 850 people, so still not as, uh, still not as popular as we would like it. Uh, uh, we do not shun uh, any outsiders of any kind. We would welcome people to come develop the town, uh, perhaps uh, ba- uh, bl- uh, bulldoze some of these old barns where the dances used to be uh, and make way for more industrialized dance halls and, and other things of that nature. You did ask us to reverse our RV very hard into some of the buildings to try to expedite that bulldozing process. Yes, correct. Uh, The mayor, if I do say so myself, has a little bit of beetle in his butt and is uh, not really on board with what the town wants. So we try to move the process forward by by making the buildings appear more in disrepair than they are so that we can expedite that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't envy the position of the mayor as an institutionalist in a city built around subversion. Uh, and you know what? That's bringing me to my first question. This town is all about doing something new, Correct. changing the norm, fighting against the cultural tide. What sort of things are going on now? What is the first girl asking out a boy to a dance of 2018? Well, that is a very good question. I think the first thing is that when a man asks a woman a question, she is not obligated to respond to it right away. In fact, mm. she can sit there and nod her head and sip lemonade and change the subject at will and not even actually respond to the man's direct question. <laughs> Who's giving the women the lemonade while they're... <laughs> oh, well, we have... Um, there's a young boy around town. His, his name is Wilfred, and he... Um, he just likes to keep busy, so he goes around every Sunday, knocks on everyone's door, and offers lemonade that he's made himself. I love small independent businesses, especially those run by children, so that's great to hear. And it's also great to hear that we're toppling even some of the most basic, foundational barriers of conversation. Questions don't need to be answered. Think outside the box, people. Just because you ask something doesn't mean you get to know it. Exactly. Technically, Luella, Vince and I could be sitting here asking you questions for hours, and you wouldn't have to say a thing. Exactly. Or I could completely change the subject, go in another direction as I please. (laughs) It's a real hoozy-do in Hawkins, Mm. as we like to say. Man, and you are full of different phrases. I wish we were doing Say What, Vince, but we aren't. We're doing a different segment that I think will be just as great. Yeah, as you know, listeners, once we scratch the segments down onto the napkins that we use as show notes, they cannot be changed. They are essentially gospel. Mm -hmm. So I wish that too, but alas, we cannot. Instead, we're going to do a little segment we call You Can't Do That Here. Listeners, you can't do that here is just what it sounds like. Of course, you've probably been to a town that still has some local legislator laws on the books that they retain as gospel as well, regardless of the separation of church and state. And and in Hawkins, it's no different. There are laws on the books, just as Luella has been describing, that champion these different types of cultural bents. Uh, Luella, what are some things that 
an outsider might run into town, might run into trouble if he doesn't, or he or she doesn't know how you guys do things around here? Uh, well, a very big one in town is that on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays, you are absolutely not allowed to open the door for a lady over the age of 65 to your left. Wow. <laughs> Sheriff McGillicuddy will get infuriated if he sees that. Wow. So this poses somewhat of a boondoggle because, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're not supposed to ask a lady her age to begin with. Oh, yes, absolutely. So you are supposed to know the age of the lady if she is over or under 65 without asking at all times. Yes, that is correct. And it is very difficult to tell how old some of the ladies are in town. We have a, a beautiful spring right outside the town where if you drink upon it, your skin will become um, luminescent and your wrinkles will disappear. I, I have not uh. gone there myself yet. I've, I'm afraid of getting mud on my... <laughs> On my shoes. I'm afraid of commenting on your appearance or anyone's appearance in town because of the repercussions. Yes, that is correct. Uh, you are you are in the right, sir. And the town respects you for that. Now, I'm trying to be a conduit for our potential visitors because we love our listeners to come to visit most of the towns, the towns that don't have some sort of ongoing blood sport anyway. Uh, and this would be a great candidate. This is a lovely town, a great place to visit. Can you just not hold the door open for anyone? And does that work? Is that legal? You know, I have been known to, you know, violate the rule myself. I hope the sheriff is not listening. He is uh, right now outside the RV with a cup <laughs> to the siding of oh, the vehicle. Oh, shoot. thought today was his day off. We oh. tried to shoo him away. Sh- sheriff Jeffries, get, hey, sh- get Come on now. Get in. Keep going. Come on. Oh, I, oh, you know, you know what spooks him. You know what gets him uh, very afraid. He does not that? like the sound of, of cans getting clapped together. Oh yeah, <laughs> get some of the beans. Get some of the beans, Elliot. All right, shoot. Oh, there he is. He's okay. he's oh, running off. Great. He's scurrying off. Skidaddle. Well, now that the law is away, we can play a little bit more. So uh, tell us about some of these other laws that are on the books. Well, there is a there's a statue in town of my great-great-great-grandfather. And <clears throat> you are not allowed... Oh, this would be Sadie Hawkins' eventual husband, correct? Y- yes, correct. Interesting. So I, I think we should point out here, not to interrupt you, because I know that's illegal as well, um, that Rand McNally did not end up with Sadie Hawkins. Listeners, you might know that last week we were in town uh, that was all around a steamy affair of sexy desire. But this week we're in a town that's all about a steamy affair with platonic relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sadie Hawkins was very adamant to Rand McNally that they were not in a relationship of any kind. No, that is correct. She she was promised to my to my great 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 grandfather. Mm. His his, <clears throat> his name was was Birdie. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, even though Sadie Hawkins was able to be a female asking a male to a dance, she was still promised as property, you might say, to a man. Oh no! It was a promise she had made to herself. Oh, yes. oh, oh that's when she was she told she told me when she was five years old, she saw Birdie, she saw Birdie down at a creek, picking fish out of the pond with his bare hands, and she's like, "One day I'm going to marry that man." <laughs> So she kept that promise to herself, and when she was of age, she wouldn't ask him out on a date. And they wow. went to the local diner and had grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato juice. <laughs> the statue is of Bertie being proposed to by Sadie, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Hmm. Yes. Because in Hawkins, only women can propose to men. Exactly. Wow, so many, so many subversions. We've got a man eschewing the use of a fishing pole to catch his fish. We have a woman proposing marriage we have grilled cheese eaten as a breakfast item all manner of 
norms being destroyed. And I, Elliot, I just want to go ahead and rip the steering wheel off the RV because I'm sick of the norms that dictate our lives as well. You wouldn't have to rip it uh, because of all the copper wire that is stripped out. It's just dangling from the steering <laughs> column right now. Precariously on a single red wire. I wonder if we should slice that. The steering wheel was taken? Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> that's, that's of course, by the uh, Junkers 404 local in town. It's a definite culture statement that you guys uh, champion the, the stealing of any products, you know, whether they be automobile or household items. Oh, yes, it's your own fault for leaving it unattended. <laughs> We're 100%. literally attending it. I don't... I don't we want to push back, but we we are attending it. Well, if you, if you were talking to Jimmy Mueller, then you know you were probably going to have a hell of a time not not losing your stuff unattended or not. He is quite the ferocious copper man. Well, keep that in mind. Uh, I would love to talk about one quick rule that uh, surprised me a little more, uh, a little tamer, more of a convention oh, great, than a law, perhaps. Uh, Elliot and I were both solicited. To join the local roller derby team. It's an all-men's league. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. There We are number six, I believe, in the uh, AAA roller derby league uh, of the lower part of the South. Uh, and that probably w- was it a young man, about about 5'2", with orange hair. Yeah, yes. That fits his description exactly. Oh, yes. Tom, Tommy. Tommy Mueller, also one of the Mueller boys. You have to watch. You better. You need to watch yourself around those Mueller boys. Well, this one seemed nice enough. He was he was inviting mm-hmm. us to join a team. We said, "Hey, we're only in town for a few nights." He said, "Hey, we only play a few nights." I don't know what that meant, but it's a grift. <laughs> oh, it's a grift. It's a grift. You said he had red hair, but I think it was just the copper wire that he had spun around. Oh, his head. he had made it into right. a nest-like wig. Foolish yeah. of me not to notice. <laughs> It's okay. Most outsiders are very, are very naive when they first when they first come to Hawkins, and we just do the best we can to to, to spirit them away uh, through their journey through Hawkins. Well, is it at least true that you have an all men's roller derby squad? We do, we do. I mean, it, it is a legit team, but oh, okay. you know, it is it's had it's had the same eight members for as long as I can remember. They never ask anybody mm-hmm. new to join. That's why I was like, this is a grift. One hundred percent. Wow. Okay. So, should I or should I have not bought us Vince and I both roller skates, Amazon Prime? They they seemed like a good deal. They were a thousand dollars per per single skate. Oh, oh, my sweet boy. That you you're grifted by Amazon, the local affiliate. It's oh no, no. Amazon's in on it too. It's a we're in a whirlpool of grift, Elliot. You know this. Our insurance (laughs) covers grifting. Conning, matchsticking yep. of all kinds, so oh, we'll be all right. Uh, but that said, perhaps it's time we moved on to less legally tender subject matter. I think we should too, Vince. In a segment we call Random Thoughts. So listeners, shed not a tear for Wouldn't You Like to Know, because we've upgraded it to a write-in segment where we also get to listen to a letter from the past. I speak, of course of our great-great-grandfather, who wrote in his travel journal The Windings and Findings of Rand McNally about his 20 favorite towns. And here we do, as always, have an excerpt from Hawkins, Tennessee, written by Rand himself. Elliot, if you want to, can you give me the latex page-turning gloves? Yes. (laughs) Here are your gloves. Listeners, obviously you guys have a blank copy of this 
uh, notebook at home. We'll be releasing the entire annotated version once we release our series. Just as a precaution and a reminder, we are not in any way, shape, or form trying to communicate with Rand spiritually from beyond the grave. We're merely reading his writing. Yes, uh, and I've seen the fan art of us and Miss Cleo online, and I have to say, without getting the lawyers involved, cease and desist. Please, we are not trying to communicate with zombie Rand. He may or may not be undead walking around. We don't want to communicate with him this segment is purely to read his writing. We, we cannot stress that enough. I know the forums have been going nuts wanting this clarification, and that's why I've been talking about it for the last two minutes. All right, Elliot, if you want to mist my hands with the page-turning vinegar, I'll get this underway. Thank you. Yep. Um, all right. <clears throat> this says, um, Dear Journal, the most peculiar thing happened to me today. I am but a boy wandering through the, the towns of America, drawing them via wax crayon, and I come upon today a young girl. She said, and he's re- quoted, it's very sophisticated, he's quoted in a different color crayon. There's also very long spaces in between each of these words, that's why it might seem like you're reading this very slow, you're not. <laughs> I have, every time I pause, the when it sounds like I've lost my train of thought, it's actually me turning a page. Good thing you have those gloves. He says that she said, Hey, you, you're coming to the dance with me. Capiche? And then he said, well, that sounds like a heck of a time. Rand was known for just kind of <laughs> exposition copy. That- well, he was a young boy. He was, what, maybe 12, 13 years old in this, in yeah, this it entry? His, it was his first journey around the United States. And here, this beautiful, slightly older girl is asking him to a dance. I mean, of course, he's dumbfounded. Luella, can you take us back? To that night and described, I'm sure you've heard it from your family dozens of times, what happened with Sadie and Rand in that barn dance? Well, they agreed to meet first at the local diner where they had uh, night cheese. Uh, <laughs> so we have we have a grilled cheese sandwich for breakfast, but then we also have uh, some sort of cheese dish at night as well. Mm. So they met for <clears throat> a lovely fondue. Lovely fondue of a of bread and pork and mm. and uh, and tripe in a, in a lovely Wisconsin cheddar. Then did they you say stir- tripe? Yes, I did say tripe. Mm. <laughs> Local cuisine. We've got to try that tripe fondue. Yes, it's it really is a national national treasure here in Hawkins. <laughs> Sounds like it. Uh, so at the dance, Miss Hawkins said to this young Mr. Rand, she was taken with his, the, the twinkle in his eye and, and, and just the way he carried himself and she just knew that she needed to have a once in a lifetime opportunity with this passerby. She knew she was promised to my, to my great, 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 great grandfather and she just needed to have that one experience. So at, at the barn dance, there was um, a cellist and a drummer and a harmonicist and so you're describing a band right now. Yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> and this was the band at the dance in the barn. This is Old Man old man Williams' barn. Uh, mm-hmm. This is where all of the illegal dances happened. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there was the four more formal dances at the town hall, but this was, you know, the barn dance. So Sure. Uh, and they um, just were kicking up the hay and the dirt all night, having a, a real hootenanny of a time. So I, I want to go back and unpack something you said. Uh, about Sadie and Rand and how she noticed him. Uh, of course, Rand was an artist. He was a, 
an adventurer, but he was a, cart- a cartographer. He was drawing these maps. And something that is still very prominent in Hawkins today is that women are very attracted to the lonely artist type. They don't want the jock. They don't want the macho man. They want the, the Rand McNally type, if you want oh, to say. Oh, yeah. She stumbled upon him, I believe, when he was uh, he had he was drawn in the sand with a stick. Just <laughs> circles and squares. And she came up to him and said, boy, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. He was like... I'm creating. <laughs> that was back when <laughs> the shapes of rivers and land masses were only depicted in, in circles and squares. It was like Rand's cubist phase, you might say. Yes, yes. I was I was reading a little bit about that. Very, <laughs> very fascinating stuff. And Most controversially, when he made a globe that was a cube. <laughs> oh, my. Uh-huh. A lot of these works are lost because, as you said, he was tracing them in sand. So the tide would come in, it would wash away everything, and you have to start all over again. And it wasn't until he decided to use paper for his maps that he really took off. Oh, that's so... I'm so pleased to hear that he (laughs) went further on in his career. And if you ever do come across one of those square globes, we would love one of those Hawkins. (laughs) I think it would just fit right in here. Yeah, right next to the the statue of Bertie Hawkins, I'm I'm sure. Yes. Uh, Speaking of, was Bertie Hawkins at this dance? He was. He was actually manning the the kissing booth out back. (laughs) He was a bit of a rapscallion, Bertie Hawkins. Was Sadie already in his sights, and he saw Rand and Sadie together? There was a bit of a scuffle that night. Uh, He came in, he was taking a break from his duties out in the back, and he saw them kicking up that sand and hay, and he went right up to Rand, and he said, What are you doing with my girl? At this point, he still had the cardboard kissing booth around him. Correct. Like suspenders strapped to him. So it was a it was a little hard for him to get right in his face, as he as I'm sure he would have liked. But the intention was there, Uh, and that's what mattered. They would get their lips just right up next to each other. Correct. And this actually leads to one of my favorite moments in town's history, uh, when you would expect these two American boys to maybe fight it out. You have a younger Rand and then an older teenaged Birdie. He'd, he'd maybe give him a noogie or a knuckle sandwich. Instead, they stared at each other, cold, competitive eyes. Three hours. It took three hours. And then finally, Rand just went and gave him a little kiss on the cheek. And then it was cool. They were The beef was buried, as the kids would say, this, this day and age. Oh, God, what a sight to behold. Those two twinkling eyes just staring daggers at each other. So after this, uh, Rand left town, obviously. You know, he, I wouldn't say he was humiliated, but he had expected something from Sadie. He, he, he liked her, um, and Sadie liked Bertie. Mm-hmm. So what, what happened next? Was, did Bertie and Sadie go on to do anything to start any movement of their own in town? Uh, you know, they did. They started a, uh, a library where you never have to return the books. Just keep them <laughs> as long as you want. Is it, do you have to pay for the books? No, you do <laughs> you not. Stole. You just huh. take them, and wow. you, maybe you give them back, maybe you don't. It's all up to you, willy-nilly. So, listeners, you can still visit the Hawkins Library today. It is an empty room. Yeah, actually, there are three books. And a parade magazine. It would be a disservice not to mention the parade magazine. Yes, one parade magazine with uh, Newt Gingrich on the cover. Uh, Circa 1998. A classic. Uh, The the three books that are in there are um, How to Make uh, Rye Bread Mm. by Ira Rye Lover. And then there is uh, Curtains, 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 a step-by-step guide to decorating your house 
like the curtain makers of old. But like, that was Martha Stewart's first book. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. And uh, of course, uh, Atlas shrugged. <laughs> <laughs> no one, no one's reading that. Come on. <laughs> Who in this day and age is really an Ayn Rand fan? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but I just had to say it. The, um, truly, the lesser Rand family. <laughs> yeah, because Rand was originally uh, Rand McNally's last name. He just changed it. He's going by one name for a long time. <laughs> yeah, like Sherry. I digress. We have a really special treat for you, uh, Miss Luella Hawkins. Chapawella. Miss Luella. <laughs> Please, man, say your whole name. Miss Luella Hawkins Chapawella. Uh, we have a listener question for you to read for us on air. They write us. They they write them in tens of thousands. That maybe was an exaggeration, but definitely in tens. And then mm-hmm. we pick one to read on air if you could do the honors of course you can or you cannot wear the gloves whatever you decide you know i'm not a really big glove person that's you know fine. or a hand washer really for that matter <laughs> you don't have to here yeah oh yeah that's correct everyone walks around with filthy hands all the time the bathrooms say uh, correct me if i'm wrong employees must or mustn't wash hands before returning to work. That is correct. We have a lot of, uh, you know, the doctor keeps his hands very full uh, with with the patients, but, you know, mm-hmm. we just, you know, if your hands are not ready to be moist, then they don't yeah. have to be. Doctors are busy people. You can't expect them to take time away from their day and wash their hands. <laughs> um, but, but if you could take some time to read this listener question, yes. we'd appreciate it. Yes, of course. Uh <clears throat> Your town also has a history for famous musicians coming through. Hmm. And I heard that James Blunt once ate at a cafe on Maple Street. Is this true? And if so, please explain. <laughs> famous singer James Blunt? Yeah, oh, yes, it is It is a true story. James Blunt loves Hawkins. So I'm assuming he's a huge night cheese fan. Or is he more of a morning cheese person? You know what? He was even a morning, afternoon, and night cheese fan. Wow. He's very cheesy? He is very Also lactose intolerant, (laughs) curiously enough. Wow. Well, you know what? We do have some very magical cows in in Hawkins. I don't know if it's, I don't know what, it's in the grass or perhaps it's Mm. that that stream I was talking about earlier, but... There's actually no lactose in the dairy here. It's actually fructose. That is correct. (laughs) Of course, you knew that. I knew that. Yeah. Miss Chapel- the Hawkins Chapuella. <laughs> you can just call me Luella. It's it's quite all right. Miss Luella, uh, thank you for accommodating me. Well, let's talk a little bit about it. James Blunt was here. Does he come back often? Does he cause a stir? Is he just one of the regulars? Oh, he comes back every Halloween. He throws a, a big a big bash at the B and B that he stays at, and it's he plays all of his hits. Um, <laughs> And I, I ask, uh, ask several gentlemen to the mm-hmm. dance because I just can't make up my mind. There's so many mm-hmm. cute boys in town. Let's talk a little bit about Halloween because I know that everyone loves to, all the children love to receive apples and maybe a half-eaten bag of crackers as their, their tricks and treats. Yes, they also are very, very fond of dental floss. Mm. They love a good dental floss. Uh, celery with the peanut butter and the raisins on top, just straight into the bag. <laughs> oh, ants on a log, yes. Yeah, ants on a log, straight into the bag. And um, also Brussels Brussels sprout skewers are also very, very fond of the, with the children. Brussels sprout skewers. Mm. <laughs> Uncooked, too. Uncooked, that's yeah. correct. Man, that sounds like an uproariously good time. Almost as fun as a barn dance. Elliot, the thing is, you're not saying it ironically. I am not. You no. actually think those do sound like good eats. They, they are good eats, to, to quote Alton Brown. But 
comedic and cooking legend. Listeners know that I am a vegan. Uh, this sounds great. Growing up every Halloween, which is why I was interested, I wouldn't be able to eat any of the candy. You know, there's a lot of dairy in those Milky Ways or Three Musketeers bars, and I, I can't even name any any other candy bars because I'm just not exposed to that kind of thing. Mm. But the prospect of an <laughs> of an uncooked Brussels sprout on a skewer just wets my whistle, you might say. You boys need to come back for Halloween. You will just be in a be in heaven. Let's put it on our our napkin calendars, Elliot. <laughs> we really have to document our travels in a better way than this. I mean, we we did publish an entire almanac. And now we've reverted to <laughs> writing things on napkins. Elliot, it's it's the ups and downs, much like the journey ahead. And much like the financial journey of an entrepreneur who, hmm. did you know, often don't pay themselves a salary in the first three years of doing business. George is full of business and socioeconomic and scientific facts today, Vince. I hope you can keep them rolling in a segment we call Giving Them the Business. <laughs> So listeners, you know that my brother and I are both, firstly, huge fans of the TV show Shark Tank, and secondly, mm-hmm. huge fans of small local businesses across this great United States. It's one of the things we love most about Small Town America, the entrepreneurial spirit. I know that you've tried to text just by process of number elimination, Vince Lori Grenier, to try and get her on the show. She has not responded yet. No, uh, she hasn't. And uh, also, I've got a very threatening FaceTime from Dame and John. But that's neither here nor is it there. Uh, Instead, we're here in Hawkins where the entrepreneurial spirit is alive and well. And what I love about this place is that it's not your typical either 20-something trust fund baby or 30-something work to the bone or maybe 40-something trust fund haver normally who is opening a business. It is all sorts of people against expectations, both who they are and what they're selling. What are some of your favorite local businesses here, Luella? Uh, Well, I am a very uh, big fan of the uh, Dried Prosciutto Mask Emporium. (laughs) Dried Prosciutto Mask? That's correct. So I mentioned Halloween. Halloween Mm -hmm. is is a big thing around Mm -hmm. here. And um, an odd fellow named Tim Boyd uh, was like, you know what is terrifying? Meat on people's bodies. So he was like, I am just going to... So he takes the prosciutto, he dries it on a mannequin head, and, he, and then he uh, seals it in wax. And then you wear those, and it's quite it's quite terrifying, actually. And the biz- business does very, very well. James Blunt owes, owns at least 10 <laughs> prosciutto masks. That's terrifying. Yes. Uh, do people also use this for uh, skin rejuvenation? Oh no! It dries out. It dries out. Oh, it's yeah. very, very badly. We oh, we only wear them on Halloween. Halloween, <laughs> in Hawkins, where the meat is worn on your face and the vegetables are eaten. Truly, a bizarre world. Well, that's a great example of someone using a very pricey commodity in a way that many would call wasteful and foolish, but I would call inventive and brilliant and. Are there more like this? Where, tell me more about the prosciutto masks and other wonders of Hawkins. There is also a, a, a spa, and uh, at this mm. spa, you uh, get a little, little tiny, instead of, you know, you've heard of acupuncture, correct? Mm, of course, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this one is uh, called thumbtacking, and you just get uh, a bunch of little tacks put all over your back. In any design you want, quite like a lap brat. And it's supposed to be very, uh, uh, the, the blood 
it's, it's like, you remember bleeding back in the 17th century? I do remember I don't. Bleeding. I remember bleeding. People yeah, used to yes, bleed. We, yes, we yeah. still do that in Hawkins. Oh, bleeding is back. Yes, bleeding is back and big. I love what you guys are doing with that because acupuncture was once considered some wackadoodle Eastern tradition. Uh, then it started to get more praise, almost becoming... In, into the cultural zeitgeist of medicine, and now you're saying, no, we're doing something completely different, possibly even more harmful to you, but pretty cool still. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would call it harmful. I, f- I find great benefits from getting bled. In fact, I am I am there, I go at least twice a week. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Can you see my, my beautiful pale milky skin <laughs> shining in the light? I, I don't want to comment on your physical appearance. Just Oh, you are <laughs> learning so fast, Elliot. I love it. You know, speaking of bleeding, I do want to talk about um, the medical profession in Hawkins. All the doctors, uh, of course, are not washing their hands. They don't have to because they're using leeches. Mm-hmm. That is correct. The creek, the same creek that people drink upon for, to get the luminescent skin, is also uh, just invested with, with leeches. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're very large, in fact. They're about the size of your, uh, your forearm. Wow. So they can make very quick business. Yeah, I think the, uh, the, I remember. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Luella. I will um, turn myself into the constabulary on our way out of town. But um, You already scared I, him away with the cans. It's all right. <laughs> He's back. Hey, hey. Hey, Officer come Jeffrey's on now. Get out. Scram. There he goes. <laughs> I, I remember Ponce de Leon once came upon this fountain. Uh, the spring outside of your town, uh, of course, the object of his years-long search, and he saw the leeches, and he said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing from his native Spanish, nah, pass. <laughs> yes. He did say nah, fam, to leeches. <laughs> there are still, though, uh, a lot of leech farms in town. A lot of their logos use Ponce de Leon as uh, a caricature. Uh, yes, that is correct. It's actually... Uh if you go down to the uh, the dollar the dollar store there, they have um, quite a few fun T-shirts and flags with that emblem on it, and I suggest you boys pick some up and maybe give a few out as Christmas presents. Well, I am so enthralled by Hawkins because you know what it is, Elliot. It's a blending of the old and the new. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that stuff. And I think one of the things that I love most about Hawkins is that there's an as seen on TV store where it only sells things that are not actually seen on TV. You've gotten so many gems from that store, Vince. I'm holding one up now. What is this thing again? Well, we've got to be careful with that. That is a cooking pan. And instead of being, you know, the magic copper that's lining the bottom, it's actually topsoil in the bottom of the pan. It's it's called the soil pan. So if you put this on uh, gas or electric range, it's just going to be a bunch of soil that crumbles all over the place. You'll need to cook atop the soil, yes. But it, it was only two payments of $40. So mm. it's weird that they make you pay in installments when you're handing them cash at the register, but still. Some of the things that I got from that store were all of the different product placements that they sell that weren't actually in TV shows. So there's like Flurb Soda. Flurb? Have you have you tried it? Is it vegan? I, I don't know. It, the, all of the nutrition facts were in Cantonese, so... I couldn't tell. The logo is just Ponce de Leon 
doing two <laughs> thumbs up. Yeah, but his thumbs are leeches. So <laughs> when I cracked open the can, it was just full of leeches. Oh, that's <laughs> rough. Not a total loss, though, because I found a collectible coin set that is really close to the same weight and shape as the medallions that uh, those vagabonds stole from us. Oh, that's great. <laughs> then we can just sharpie our great-great-grandfather's name on them and the number of the town, and I think we'll be good. Yeah, and we're you, set. You've got thousands of them, so we can actually resell these, right? Yep. Luella, what's your favorite thing to buy at the hasn't been sitting on TV store? Oh, well, <clears throat> I'm particularly fond of um, it's uh, it's a popsicle, but it is uh, it's made out of lard. <laughs> There's nothing better on a cool, refreshing summer day than a popsicle made out of lukewarm lard. It's it's again, it's one of those beauty regiments, mm. uh, the thumbtacking, the leaching, the cheese, and the cheese, and then now the lard. Most people think that all the extra saturated fat uh, would actually be very bad for you, but again, we have those special cows in Hawkins, and <laughs> and these lard popsicles, oh, they are just delightful. Also a real treat at Halloween. <laughs> you know what else is delightful? Uh, the fact that what I've gathers that everyone is kind of an entrepreneur in Hawkins. Um, they have their own version of Airbnb here, but uh, you can leave your apartment as dirty as you want. You can cancel at any time. Even if you have guests coming, you can just cancel, and that's perfectly acceptable. And then you don't leave any type of payment options. You don't leave any information about local restaurants or anything in the Airbnb. No, and sometimes the people are just still there. They haven't left yet, and the new guests come, and then there's a little bit of a kerfuffle about, you know, who is supposed sure. to be staying when. We have, the sheriff keeps very busy with, with, with those uh, fights. Hmm. There's it at least five a day. Just from what we've seen throughout this episode, it doesn't seem like the sheriff is very effective because just saying scram makes him run away. Exactly. He's very skittish. Uh, you know, he inherited the job. The police department is oh. rampant with nepotism. Oh. Yes. Well, this is something important to learn. It's a little unfortunate it's coming so late in the episode, but I think we've got the perfect segment to compliment it, don't we, Elliot? I think we do, Vince. It's a segment we call Did You Know? How was that for the inflection, by the way? That's you're, it, you're really improving. I like it. Thank you. Good. It only, it's taken about, what, six episodes now, but I think I'm getting the hang of it. Now, listeners, Did You Know is a rapid-fire fast fact trivia segment where we fire five fast facts about the town back and forth. This week is no different. We've got five again, and Elliot, I think you've got the first one. I do, guys. Did you know that in Hawkins, Tennessee, cat people and dog people are reversed? I feel like this is a deceptively simple Did You Know fact, Elliot. Please. It's almost too simple, like almost like I just thought of it, but it's it's so obvious in the town. I mean, everyone outside of Hawkins is usually a dog person, but in Hawkins, all cat people kind of have the right of way, you might say. You can bring cats to restaurants. They have cat parks. Oddly enough, apartments only allow dogs. They don't allow cats. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Luella, could you shed some insight? Are you a cat person or a dog person? Oh, yes, I have 20 cats. <laughs> so you're doing like a subversion of the subversion almost. Yes, that is correct. Wow. Yes. <laughs> See, it, it's not that and simple. Vince. I mean, <laughs> compared to other people in town, I don't have very many cats. Uh, uh, several people have at least 50. <laughs> and people are completely fine if you bring the cats to restaurants and outdoors. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, sometimes when you're like, is that sand on my feet? No, it's kitty litter. Mm -hmm. It's just everywhere. And is it true that if you go out of town, you still want people to come over and watch your cats? You can't just leave them. 
Oh yeah, no. If they are left unattended, they will they will squabble. <laughs> Much like the slaves in Sparta, I think the cats outnumber people here. 10 to 1, and uh, it would take only a, a light breeze to push them over into usurping control of the town. Oh, correct. And we also, you know, we also don't want the, the leeches getting mm-hmm. them either. That that We've had quite a few instances of kitty cats wandering off and and just getting snatched up by one of those leeches the size of your forearm. <laughs> we, in fact, we now have some leeches that are practically the size of five cats. Well, again, pretty crucial details about this town. We're just getting scratching the surface very later on in the episode, but hopefully that's okay for the listeners. Luella, do you have the next Did You Know fact for us? I did. Uh, did you know that the statue of Birdie is made out of a metal that is exclusive to the town, and that metal is called terrarium? So is terrarium very dense, robust? Is it very brittle? Oh, it is very, very dense. Mm. Uh, we have a quarry just uh, outside of town where mm. it is uh, mined, mm. and we use it for uh, cups and bowls and lampshades and all kinds of Got things. Got it. So Hawkins is almost like the Wakanda of the United States, you know, that this is your vibranium almost. Um, and you refuse to distribute it or export it anywhere. Oh, yes, 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, if people knew the, the versatility of terrarium, it would just, I mean, the influx of people, oh my, the cats would be so upset. <laughs> you don't seem to have used the metal anywhere else besides the statue, though. Uh, yes, that's correct. Uh, the statue and, like I said, a few, a few cups and bowls. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, it, it really just sits there in a large chunk in the quarry. Children <laughs> like to go and you know, graffiti on it, quite like an abandoned building, except it's just an abandoned chunk of terrarium. I hope you don't force us to censor this episode on behalf of that secret. We've had that happen one too many times, Elliot. I'm, I'm happy because I, I want, I'm tired of looking at it, frankly. You know, I, I feel like maybe if the secret comes out, maybe people will come steal it like they stole the copper in your RV. I mean, it's a valid concern, and I didn't know that, but... Vince, do you have the next Did You Know effect for us? I sure do. Did you guys know it's actually the young people in Hawkins who complain about simpler times? Hmm. So, so what do you mean, Vince? You know, in most communities, you've got your your older folks. They've been around a while. They remember their Hallison days of their youth, and they don't like the newfangled direction of maybe technology, social norms, or simply life's little conveniences. So it, it's almost like everyone emotionally is like Benjamin Button here. Luella, can you describe that a little bit? Oh, yes. Um, quite a, many, many of the teenagers are just outraged with uh, all of us old people on our high-tech devices. Mm. And uh, they walk around with uh, abacuses. Um, <laughs> And they, uh, I've been over to my, my good friend Janice, her son, I've, been, I've, I've seen his bedroom and it is just full of analog-y type things. There's a record player in there, a rotary phone, and he doesn't even like to use light bulbs. It's all candelabras and, <laughs> and quills and ink. Meanwhile, all the older people are using smartphone technology. Yes. They're very ahead of the times. You yourself have a bedazzled outfit of just LED strobe lights on right now. Oh, yes. I, I, I This is my favorite outfit. <laughs> I just, I feel like I'm my true self in it. I, I love all the, mm-hmm. the nifty gadgets and, and whatnot. If I have a special uh, button here under my armpit that will uh, turn the suit into a brilliant cerulean blue, if I please. Wow, you oh. look like you're in Tron right now. So oh. cool. <laughs> Elliot, we 
we had uh, a local rep scallion, a 90-year-old woman riding one of those hoverboards do a mm-hmm. grind off the front of our RV while wearing a VR headset. She screamed at us later flirts, mm-hmm. which is must be some sort of like futuristic slang, yeah. wild new slur from the future. I have to say, I love it. I can't wait to get old here. Me neither. And I didn't know that, guys. But did you know that it is perfectly cultural acceptable in Hawkins, Tennessee, if you go out to dinner with a bunch of friends, everyone should bring different amounts of cash and not really know how to split up the bill. Yes, that's correct. Uh, I mentioned that a lot of people in town use abacuses. Well, yes. <laughs> fortunately, they're not very good at using them. It's, uh, mm. it's more of just like a textile thing. They just like to, to feel the little sure. the little balls around the, the rods, <laughs> move them back and forth. Love feeling balls. Um, <laughs> and it's completely fine if you say, oh, I'll pay you back later. Or, and then never do? Yeah, and then you split up the bill on some... <laughs> weird way that doesn't make any sense and, oh. and people don't actually give the appropriate amount of tip no I, I, I all of the waitresses and waiters in town are practically destitute it's <laughs> it's unfortunate really uh we run a we run a, a, a soup kitchen for the waiters and waitresses so they, they have to cook. work there too right? they have to work but they have because they they get the food at the end of the day <laughs> and then they can take some home to their children all of them have several mm. so that is Again, very crucial details coming out at the end of the episode. <laughs> Hopefully there's another one here. Luella, do you have our last Did You Know fact for us? Oh, yes. <clears throat> Did you know that the mayor of Hawkins is actually 120 years old? Wow. Mm-hmm. So he must be the most futuristic of all. Oh, yes. He is actually, uh, I mean, artificially kept alive by a series of copper wires, uh, <laughs> Tubes uh, and of course the spring water and uh, and and leeches. It's almost like the this perfect storm of Pandora's box, even of these different uh, historical and and anachronistic elements, keeping this suspended head in a jar alive. Yeah. Oh yes, nobody nobody is allowed to go in and talk to him. Only only one person, yeah. his faithful assistant. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's like seeing the Last Supper. Like the amount of humidity in the room has to be very regulated. So if there's too many people coming in and out, it might kill him. Yes, correct. Wow. At the heart of this unconventional town, an unconventional secret. And I have to say, in the best possible way, an unconventional woman to walk us through the paces. Thanks so much, Luella Hawkins Chapuella. Chapuella. Luella Hawkins Chapuella. An unforgettable name and an unforgettable town. Thanks so much for taking the time. Oh, of course. And you boys just stop by the diner on the way back and uh, get yourself some nut cheese. I will. I just feel bad for the, the waiters and waitresses now. Oh, it's okay. They're used to it. <laughs> oh, okay, that's that's good enough for me. Yep, I'm I'm pacified. We have time for one more segment, guys. That's one we call Wish You Were Here. So listeners, this is our postcard, not only to you, but to our great-great-grandfather. A message to the past, again, not supernatural. Stop writing. We don't want to hear your screenplays. But instead, (laughs) more of an homage to where he once was on his great journey, our journey in his footsteps. It goes a little something like this. Dear Rand, wish you were here in Hawkins, Tennessee. A town named after one of your loves, Rand, the one that got away, you might say, and one that once asked you to a bar and dance. A town where nobody has to answer to anybody else or wash their hands or deal with any of the norms that society puts upon us. A town where the sheriff 
can be scared away by rattling a few cans. A town where there is no amount of cats that would be unacceptable to own. And leeches are the size of your forearm. In a town where you might not have seen it on TV, but you will definitely see it in your heart. Farewell from these parts to yours. (laughs) 